You are listening to The Real Men Feel Show with Andy Grant. Real Men Feel encourages men to allow and express all of their emotions. Despite what you may have been taught, all emotions do serve you. Real Men Feel is committed to engaging in discussions that most men aren't having. All links mentioned in each episode are in the show notes found on the blog at realmenfeel.org. Now, let's get into this week's show. Hello and welcome to another edition of Real Men Feel. This is your host, Andy Grant. And uh, today is another in our series of what I'm calling Regular Guy Chats. And this whole idea of a regular guy chat came from a listener. Uh, it was actually Al Fleming who was the first guest as a regular guy. And, and the concept is that we're, talking, we're just talking to another man. It's not a celebrity. It's not an author. It's not someone with a program to promote. This isn't someone's you know, next pit stop on their media tour. This is just talking to a regular guy, an everyday man. It, but, you know, even that's not accurate because you have to be brave and courageous. You have to be more than a regular man to come on the show, to be willing to be seen, to share yourself, to open up. So maybe this, you know, regular guy, superhero chat is kind of the best way to go. And, uh, you know, today's regular guy superhero is a meditation teacher and carpenter from Austin, Texas, Mr. Anthony Long. Hey, Andy. Thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's my pleasure. We've been bouncing back and forth on this for a while. Um, Real Men Feel began like three years ago, and I can't remember how, how close to the starting of that that I created the Facebook group, but I think you've been one of the guys in the group for, for quite a while. Yeah, there was uh, maybe around 100 people in it or less, maybe 80 or so. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how many it's up to now. Yeah, I think the last time I paid attention, I think it was like close to 300. And, yeah. and I posted a few times in the group, yeah, when it, when it was the first 100, I'm like, oh, I know all these guys. And now I look yeah. like, oh, I don't know many of these guys anymore. <laughs> so I got to like, I got to uh, engage more and, and, and get in there and kind of uh, lead it so it can be of service to people. But so uh, when we met, we, we met through the Modern Mystery School, the Boston community around that. So mm -hmm. what if we start there? What, like, how did, how did you get involved in the Modern Mystery School? That's a good place to start, and I think it's related to a lot of the, the things that we're going to be talking about today. Um, I got to a point in my career as a carpenter, actually, where I had a lot of failures and a lot of uh, just, I uh, wasn't, I didn't come into the woodworking to be a business person, and that business aspect was what I was really struggling with. And, you know, what I see now is what it really is, is about relationships and and doing what you say you're going to do. And it's about integrity and honesty and all these things. But in that time, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, I thought, well, maybe this isn't working out for me and maybe I should be doing something different. So I, I asked, uh, it was like the first time I prayed in years. Cause I'm not like a, at that point, wasn't a praying person all the time. I awkwardly begged the universe and the stars and God and all the things for help. And uh, a few weeks later, I met someone in the modern mystery school and they started telling me about Kabbalah and uh, these, these empowering workshops and activations. And I was like, okay, is this the thing? And it was the thing. It was my answered prayer. And it helped me get to a point of uh, looking inward, but with also acquiring skills to help me kind of like unravel the mystery of myself and uh work on healing and then i i met you maybe a year later and uh watched your videos about your before and after your your activation and your your initiation and i thought these were just so so cool like how you were able to just get in front of the camera and talk about your experiences yeah, and it, it's funny, like, I've, I've done that quite a few times now, but it all began with, with my life activation, which, uh, for those, if we're throwing around terms that no one's familiar with, <laughs> that's kind of the, the first healing that, that the Mystery School offers to, to really, to, to anybody, any, every human being in the world can benefit from having their, their life activated, from having more energy, more light brought into their, into their being, kind of how Absolutely. I talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah and I think... Uh, yeah. And I don't, you know, I, it's funny. I can remember like seeing you for the first time at the Boston center and just feeling this affinity for you. Um, like, I don't recall like ever being introduced or anything, just, just chatting with each other and like, wow, I really like this dude. Um, yeah. and so, 
So now you're in Austin, Texas. Is, is that where you're originally from? Yeah, I grew up in Houston. And um, when I was about 21, I moved to Boston. I lived there for a while. I met someone. We moved to New York. I uh, lived there for a while. And then, then I prayed and <laughs> met someone else from Boston and moved back. <laughs> and so I found the mystery school when I came back to Boston. And that was 2014 into 15. And I spent a year and a half there. Um, studying Kabbalah and going through some of the some of the uh, the healing initiations there, and became a became a teacher, a meditation teacher, and and someone who can facilitate the life activation for others. So it was a really big change for me to go from feeling like I was a total mess to feeling like, oh, I can help myself, and you know, kind of hold the door open for the person behind me, and uh, not in this place of perfection, but just helping each other along our journey, which is endless, you know? Yeah. And I'm glad you uh, bring out that not from a place of perfection, because something that I've fallen into a lot with, with any mentor or teacher always held them up, put them on the, put them on the pedestal and thought they were perfect. And, you know, thought you couldn't help someone else unless until you were perfection. And, and that's just really not the case. Yeah. And that comes up today. Who am I? What do I have to say? I'm not good enough to be on this show. Like it's, it's, uh, that's self-worth stuff. It's there. It's real. It's regular guy stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So let, let's jump in. We, um, I think at one point you were going to be on a panel and maybe didn't make it. And, you know, I've got, uh, years worth of messenger exchanges saying, Hey, want to be on the show? Hey, want to, and you know, pick yeah. it. so, so why did you say yes? Um, because I'm afraid and, uh, and I said something publicly and that, that, that time frame, which we haven't really talked about it yet, but it was so important. It, it, it affected, it affected everyone. And we're talking about, for me, what it was is the me too movement back in what I remember being October of 2017. We're like, you know, through the filter of Facebook, the world just fell apart and it, and it rocked everyone. And we're all affected by this. And, uh, and then the, the response to it was men coming out and saying it was me. And I look, you know, had to look at that and where it definitely was me, but I was afraid to say that. I was afraid to uh, jeopardize this persona that I have on Facebook, which is some frail mask of perfection. Um, yeah. So how, what, what has changed to today? You're, you're willing to, you're willing to take that mask off or is it something else? Well, it's, when we started talking about this and you asked me if I was willing to, uh, do a show, you know, that day was one conversation. And then, then I, you know, talked to my partner who's a woman about this and, we had a conversation about it. And so the next day would have been a different conversation and it's like keeps unfolding. And I have found no clarity or insights. I feel like maybe worse off than when I started this conversation, but here we are today, like the conversation keeps going and it's a, it's a constant effort to find out the ways in which, you know, for myself, speaking for myself, the the ways where I'm, not listening properly or I'm in fear or blocking the flow of light, which is maybe more vague than a masculine or man or uh, whatever. And then articulating my thoughts, my feelings, all this stuff comes up. But then, you know, being able to talk to a woman about things from the, from my perspective, I see how different, the perspectives are and we disagree on a lot of different things about it and as much as I think I don't want to be right and I don't want to have opinions it's it's a lie like I want to I don't want someone to shatter my belief of the truth because it it hurts to change and it hurts to let go of these ideas that uh, make me feel safe I guess Hmm. Yeah, I, I like to think of this, this show, this, the whole real men feel platform as, as somewhere where 
we're having the conversations that most men aren't having. So mm. I'm really, I'm thrilled that, no, you're, you're having this conversation ongoing in, in your life yeah. with, with yourself, with your partner and, and, you know, possibly with, with, with other uh, people as well. So I think that's important to share and that anytime there's a, you know, a groundswell movement, something's gone viral and it makes us kind of look inward. Um, I love again that it, it's unfolding. It isn't like, mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah, I recognize, oh, I was a bad guy that, yep, okay, I own it. I'm all, everything's fine now. Let's go back to business. And it, yeah. it's not that simple. No, yeah. I, I started after that, I started saying that we live in a post Me Too world. Because like things that happen in the collective, you don't go back to the way it was. There's no going back. We're always moving forward. And, and these events may rock us, but they they pull us together in certain ways. And if, if they're painful, it's, it's just, it is what it is. You know, it's necessary to look at it. Absolutely. To talk about it. And why did it take so long? And, uh, but here we are, we move forward with this new awareness and it's, uh, I feel fortunate to have found a path where I started, uh, looking at myself in this way, in a deeper way, because all this stuff started to happen in the world and the collective. And if I didn't have the tools that I already started building like a little bit of a foundation with, I, I don't know how I would have reacted to these things. Like I see so much anger and, and confusion and people think that the world is ending or it's worse than it's ever been. And the way I see it is no, it's, it's actually better than it's ever been. There's a lot of really crazy things happening, but um yeah i feel really fortunate that i've been able to like to to weather the storm so to speak Mm -hmm. through meditation and healing you know and can you get more specific on on what 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 you see is different for perhaps you personally or for the worldview of like what what does the post me too world like how how would you define that well this is where this is where in honesty, like fear comes up for me to speak publicly about it uh, because I, I was kind of uh, kicked out of the Facebook conversation by women around that time um, because of the, some of the things I said were uh, maybe not allowing the the full process to happen. I think um, when we when I hear someone share their process, I can, from, from a place of not having gone through the experience, say like, oh, this is the, this is the issue you're having. And if you try this, it'll fix it. Um, so it's doing a couple of different things. And one of those is not allowing them to just have the process. And it's important. I mean, here we are as men. I mean, this shows, I feel so important because it, offers a place for men to have a process and maybe not all of us, at least in Western culture, were allowed to have certain types of processes, uh, emotional, you know, uh, crying in public, being upset about things for what someone else says is too long of a time. Um, so, so it's kind of going back to that place where I was, escorted out of the conversation by women um, for not allowing the process to be what it was and to just hold space for it. I wasn't holding space for it. I was trying to, I was trying to help, trying to help look at the bright side of things. And, and that's not what someone wants to hear when they're having feelings come up and they want to talk about them and they want to express them. And that's like something I don't really know how to do because I'm a man who had a father who didn't talk period like to us our emotional process wasn't invited in the conversation. And, and so I only got that from the feminine from the, from my mom, you know, she would hold space for that. Uh, but then there's the mama's boy comments and, you know, I got all that sort of, I think it's very common for someone to relate with that. Uh, I had two older sisters who had Barbie dolls. I had more Barbie dolls in the house than GI Joe toys. And so I played with Barbies too. Um, and I don't think there was an issue until uh, a friend of my father's was in the house. And it was, it was 
obvious that this was happening. Like this boy is playing with Barbies. And so the word sissy was used. And, and um, so this is the type of teaching that I've had from men or the masculine. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, uh, uh, you know, I'm saying a lot of different things here. But the, the Me Too movement, post-Me Too world, I think men are being a lot more careful with their, their words, their energy. Um, I notice myself, if I'm walking down the sidewalk and a woman's walking towards me on the sidewalk, I give her the entire sidewalk. I just step to the curb out of respect, but there's like a, when is this gonna, this is sad to me, you know, when are we going to be, when are we going to feel safe in space together with strangers? of the opposite sex. Um, and it's a process. Maybe I fear myself, you know, fear my own masculinity. Or, um, so I don't know the answers to any of these questions I have. Well, That's being willing, talking. Right. Yeah. And, and being willing to ask and, and explore and, you know, uh, a foundation of the mystery school the, to sum it up the, in the shortest phrase, it's know thyself. Mm. And that's, that's what it, it sounds like to me. That's what you are doing and attempting to do deeper and deeper I'm trying yes yeah. cool begrudgingly most of the time <laughs> well there's no no rule against that that i know of <laughs> <laughs> thank god <laughs> it, it's, it's it's interesting with, with the me too stuff i've i look back and recognize like oh wow so i can see like my actions in hindsight wow that probably came off harsher than i realized and wow i wonder if wonder if people feel victimized by me um mm. but i haven't noticed it changing how i operate and move with people you know uh, today but uh i've also been married for 22 years so i'm not you know kind of um, out on the prowl or anything like that um right but yeah so it's interesting you know, some guys take this kind of Me Too backlash so far that they think somehow Me Too is, you know, it's, it's out to destroy masculinity and, and a man can't be a man. And, right. it, you know, the, the best way I've seen it someone is, no, it's just like, uh, men, please don't be a dick. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. and, it, and it, it, we have to discover, well, what does that mean? Right? Where is that line? And that line can right. move. Right. And the, the, uh, the victim mentality of the man is like, what, so I'm not allowed to say hi and be nice? And, and no, but how you do that, there's a big problem that uh, I have seen my entire life. And I've heard, you know, I lived in New York City and I, my, I have tons of friends who live in New York City and get harassed every time they walk outside of their apartment. And that's not okay. And there's people on the street who have mental illness. It's still not okay. You know, someone has to say, someone, a man has to stand up to these men and say something. And I've watched myself pick my battles uh, because certain times, certain, the way that men operate in the world is aggression is the answer. And I've had, a group of men say really insulting, lewd, crude things to uh, a girlfriend of mine I was walking with. And she was the one who stopped me from getting into an altercation with them because, you know, I felt like I had to prove, you know, you said this thing, I have to respond. I have to respond. It's the rule, but there was three of them and there was one of me. And then, then what about her? And so she was smarter than I was in that moment and picked the battle wasn't worth it. And so uh, how many men, how many women are afraid to uh, or feel uncomfortable about walking by a group of construction workers that are on their lunch break? I mean, I do too, but I'm not uncomfortable for the reasons they are and being sexually objectified. And, you know, I've, I've looked at that myself and like how I notice a person walking across the crosswalk. I notice men and women, but I maybe pay attention or appreciate the, the, the body of a woman more than I do with a man or 
you know, I check out a dude's pecs because, like, I'm like, all right, maybe if I start working out, I can do that. But if I'm checking out a woman, I'm, it's a different thing. I'm doing a different thing, and people feel that energy, and mm -hmm. that's not always wanted, and most likely it's not. So maybe the majority of people don't understand how our thoughts and our, our energy actually affects other people. And they, their line is like, I didn't touch them. I didn't, you know, I mean, maybe it's worse than that. Maybe it's their line is like, I didn't rape them. You know, what's the problem? I didn't, I didn't force them to have sex with me. I just said a bunch of shit to them and it was totally inappropriate. And, you know, because what they were wearing, it's validated or, you know, and it's not okay. And, and I'm guilty of these things in these really subtle ways. Like, well, you know, what are the conditions of the incident? Uh, like a, like a detective, but when it's spoken from the masculine, it's, 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 it's so tricky. Like even saying this, I feel like that white male victim and I don't know, you know, where do we find the balance and i'm not here i don't know if our discussion is to talk about how to fix anything um it's it's maybe just to talk about how it's still confusing for me to be in this uh world as a man trying to uh just do the right thing and and you know that's a, a neat differentiation because doing the right thing and fixing something very different. Yeah. So it's not like in you know in that the initial Facebook conversations where where you 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 uh, reported being like kind of kicked out by the women. Yeah. Uh, during during anyone's kind of emotional spiritual processing, often they just want to be heard. Like there's yeah. Nothing, yeah. Because you you want to fix it implies that I'm broken, and I don't maybe I don't feel broken. I just want to share what's showing up for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the masculine energy is, nor and especially, my God, you're, you're a carpenter. Like, you're That's trained to fix and repair things. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my God, you're freaking out. I can do, I can do it, I'll do it for you. And, yeah. and it's like, no, actually, um, that people don't want that. People yeah. want to, they can do it themselves. They're, everyone wants to be feel empowered. And teaching is not about taking the tool out of someone's hands and showing them how to do it. It's, it's like guiding them yeah. through it. And, but that's if a student asks to be taught. It's implying or thinking that the masculine energy is, is just always supposed to be the teacher is a, is like, is a penetration without consent. You know, it's like forcing my energy on to a situation without being invited into it. Hmm. And that, that's, so that's like that spiritual masculine energy. And the feminine has to ask for that energy to be received. They need to want it. And it can be with another man too. Like it's just imposing yourself on someone is, is usually resisted. That's it. Cause kind of phrasing it that way, I'm really seeing and, and, and sensing the, much more of a correlation than I ever realized from, from the cat calling from construction workers to, Hey, let me fix that. I see something's really wrong with you. Let, let me step in and take care of this for you. And yeah. Yeah. A, differ a differentiation between them. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, um, they're, they're, they're not that different. That's what I'm... Oh, they're seeing. not that different. Yeah. Let me fix something. I, I see them as different. Oh. I see them as... Uh, the catcalling, I think, from a... I, I, I tend to try to find the good in the situation. Um, I, I try to understand the mind of the the perpetrator, the assaulter, the whatever, the, the person who's like done something that another person feels is wrong. I'm like, well, okay, maybe they, this is what they think is right. They were, they grew up that way. They don't think it's, they're appreciating someone. They're giving them a compliment. Um, maybe they were never taught that that's like makes most people feel uncomfortable. Um, the fixing thing is like you said, the, it, in, implying that something is broken. So I, I don't see the cat calling is thinking something's broken. Uh, it's like, uh, or maybe the smile, you know, telling uh, someone, a woman to smile. So the, the correlation I was referring to at in-state was when you called oh. it, it was the, uh, the projection of energy, right? That yes. so the projection of cat calling and the projection of let me fix you. That, that's what yes. I meant. Yeah. Same. Yes, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. There's so many, so many different things going on. Yeah, and and then yet as you dig deeper, there's so many correlations, right? Mm-hmm. And because mm-hmm. one, one thing I've noticed, it's like uh, kind of the. the I want to be. I don't want to use that toxic term because people get triggered by that, and it's not never really been well defined. But so, an, an extreme version of masculinity often triggers that in other men, right? So if you know a group of guys are catcalling someone, you know you feel triggered and you want to you want to come from the opposing angle, but almost with that much force, with the exact same energy. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a masculine. I, I don't know if it's just masculine. I think that's like. Um, in our society, we, we meet fire with fire. We meet anger with anger. It's like, oh, okay, you can't hear me unless I'm yelling. And so we're going to yell at each other. Yeah. Um, definitely, definitely present among men, I think. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I see myself doing this right now as I listen to what you what you bring up and 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 i think about it for myself my own perspective my studies of kabbalah um which is a which is like a three pillar system really just it's in my mind and i use it as a filter and so there's like there's two pillars um and it's like the duality of this world we have night and we have day we have we have um good and bad which essentially a lot of these things are on the same, they're the same energy, but they're on a spectrum. And the word spectrum has been used a lot, a lot more lately with, with autism, the spectrum, but the spectrum is such a beautiful image that I think we can all understand is like everything is on a spectrum. So uh, gender is on a spectrum and there's masculine and there's feminine and there's different varying degrees where people kind of find their spot. And there is also like severity and mercy. And so that aggression being met with aggression is, is out of balance because it's the same end of the spectrum. So, so to counter that, there's essentially we need to, to do the other thing, the, mm. the opposing thing, which is, is mercy in some way. But how we do that is the challenge. And like, how do we, you know, how, how do you like, hold space for you know i I think i went to anger and it wasn't necessarily anger is imposing our energy on someone else so that energy maybe that energy just needs to go somewhere we've got this energy and 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 then we see oh here's a here's something that could receive my energy i'm going to just throw it at them and see if they catch it like heads up football (laughs) coming out your head and like somebody gets hit in the head with a football and they're like, why did you just throw a football at me? I didn't ask for that. I'm just living my life over here. So you kind of have to say, Hey, you want to play catch? Is it cool if we play catch? I really like your shirt. You know, that is a different way of interacting with people in general. Mm -hmm. And, um, but no one taught me this stuff. It's just, I'm just figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, you know, in my experience, our experience is the best way to learn, right? You, you can, yes. some, someone could tell you something, you could read in the book, so you still have doubts. But when lived experience, it's harder to have the debate over what you've done, right? Right, yeah. right. Cool. And I find, uh, you know, back to the energy, like, like energy is contagious. So if you're kind of a little bit unconscious, you'll just keep matching whatever's coming at you. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, when, when I, when I could recognize like, wow, I, I've, I'm a grown up, you know, I've changed is that when I, you know, I just stick with the same example. If I see, you know, cat calling guys, pick, even, even uh, bullying or, or sexually calling out to someone. Um, and I, I, in the past, I would easily just jump into it or condone it by not saying anything. Mm-hmm. But more recently I, I can find myself just going, Hey guys, that, that's not cool. Just relax. And just, so, you know, not have to match it, just subdue it and calm it down. And right. Right. Uh, when I was in college, I worked as a as a bouncer, and I, that's where I kind of learned these techniques. And I would, I'd break up a fight, and I'd end up befriending both ends of the fight. Oh, that guy's a jerk. Don't worry about him. Then they go, oh, that guy was an asshole. Don't worry about him. And they both yeah. think they were my friends. Um, yeah. Then by the end of my summer of being a bouncer, 
I'm like, I didn't even get in a fight. I'm pissed. What kind of bouncer am I? Where's my fight? What the fuck? I was, you know, I was getting pissed. And it was like, you know, it took me a while to appreciate that, that, all right, maybe that, maybe not fighting is actually a skill set. And that, you know, I brought more good to the whole scene than, than I'm realizing. But yeah, um, yeah it, and that's when it takes our, we can't change anything until we have awareness of it. And, mm-hmm. and then it takes, it, it can be an effort because it takes more conscious effort. We have to exercise our will to not fall into matching that energy and to choose something yeah. different. If, if something different is what we want. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to look at it. That unconscious, um, someone who's not really conscious of that, of that idea of, of that energy, at least, um, just matches the energy and it just they're just kind of perpetuating like sameness and and like the status quo in their life and if that's how they choose that's fine i'm trying not to um i got some feedback from a friend of mine that's you know he sees my facebook posts of about healing and and doing these things that are healthy for yourself and so what he's hearing from that is that if he doesn't do that i'm judging him and saying that he's not you know, treating himself good enough or being the best person by being, you know, really spiritual. And it's like, oh, wow, like, that is not what I mean by that. I, but it's good feedback to know that it's heard with what I'm saying. I'm trying to share positivity and positive, healthy things and my ugly process along the way, like painful mistakes and everything, the failures, all of it. Um, which, which is a little, I don't know how that's on topic. I <laughs> went from here to there. So, but I was, it's all on topic. That's the, the beauty of these conversations. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was a bouncer too. Well, I wasn't a bouncer. I was a door guy the summer that I made that big awkward prayer. It's totally related to what you just said, but also my entire story from the beginning. Like that's, that's where I was when I, made that request was I got a job as a door guy. I was, I had basically lost all my clients as a woodworker. I wasn't working for anyone at the time and a door guy position opened up. A friend of mine was working there. And so I went there and she said, okay, uh, these are your, this is your job description. Check IDs, make sure everyone has their ID on them and be nice. That's it. And so I'm a skinny guy, had long hair and a beard at the time. You know, it's like Jesus, looked like Jesus. And New York City, Lower East Side, there's bouncers everywhere. There's big like you and wearing all black. And here I am, the skinny, bearded, long hair guy, checking IDs at the door. And every, every night, you don't look like a typical bouncer. And I said, I'm not a bouncer. We don't bounce our clientele. We're nice to them. We thank them for choosing us out of the hundreds of bars in New York City. Thank you for coming and joining us. And it's like this like thing happens in their mind. They're just already, they're walking into a place and they just don't know what to expect because something totally different than the norm happened. And then they get down and the bartenders at this really exclusive cocktail bar that's hard to get into are nice to them and inviting and it started to create this environment of like safety and love and I didn't know this at the time it took me a few months that I started to notice the energy of the room and the energy of people and the the bar was in the basement so I was able to say oh the room's really packed right now it's going to take you about 20 minutes to get a drink I could lie to someone and say that it's, you know, not going to be worth it for them. If I saw that their energy wasn't going to match the room, you know, sometimes the room is full of couples. Sometimes the room is full of groups of single women. So like a group of single men who uh, it may be a good match. It may not though, you know, depending on the energy. And I started to recognize that and notice that and feel that. And, um, that was actually when I decided that there was something more to life than, than what I was experiencing. And, and I wanted to find out more about like what I was here to do. And um, so kind of interesting uh, tie in there. Yeah. And, and even the, your intentional word chase reminds me. So yeah, I was a doorman. We were called doorman by the club 
but we all wanted to sound tougher. So we called ourselves bouncers, right? Yeah. We didn't, yeah. Yeah. So even, so it's funny. <laughs> yeah. Cause this, this was an exclusive place on Cape Cod, very mm. popular with, with all the professional athletes in Boston, local politicians. Yeah. It was not like a, a brawl every weekend or anything like that yeah. at, at all. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you just reminded me like, Oh yeah. Wow. I had, I put up a bouncer mask cause I wanted my job to sound tougher and cooler than, than, you know, yeah. working the door and welcoming <laughs> people in. Yeah. Right. Funny. Funny. Interesting. Yep. Now, um, cabal has been mentioned a lot and you, you okay. kind of described it a little bit, but I wonder yeah. how, how would you describe cabal to someone that's just never heard of it? How, you know, how would you, what, what uh, would you call it? Well, it's, it's a system that already that's confusing. It's a math. <laughs> so it's like, first off, it's, um, uh, the, the Kabbalah tree of life is a glyph. It's like a, a, a symbol that's got these different spheres. And if you are familiar with the double helix of the DNA, the genetic blueprint of the human and, and most living things on earth, it looks like that. And so, okay, there's the double helix and there's this glyph that this person's talking about. What is it? It's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a system. What it is, <laughs> is the blueprint of creation so there's a map it's basically a map and it it shows how light are my both my hands okay it shows how light comes from source and it it comes from from just pure light and turns into different like the colors right the color spectrum so light comes down from source and it travels in this specific pattern through unmanifest the just before there's even thought before there's idea there's just all that is or ever was or ever will be some people call it god not santa claus sitting in a chair in the sky but like the all the all energy that we can even comprehend and everything that we can't and then that light travels down and eventually becomes stones and rocks and physical human beings my coffee mug and so there's a there's a there's a a path that it travels light and it travels through these different layers of density these different aspects through gender through polarity um so those are some of the hermetic principles there's seven hermetic principles which i don't have memorized and i don't fully understand but one of them is gender one of them is the their laws their there are laws that are essentially how I describe laws are un they're always true. Laws are never broken or or found to be false. Rules are made by man, we call them laws, but they're they're opinions and judgments and this is good and this is bad and it's a way to keep us in line and safe. But laws are like all things have gender, both masculine and fem- feminine. Um, the law of correspondences is that this corresponds to that, um, like feminine corresponds to masculine. They correspond to each other. Um, severity corresponds to mercy. That's also the law of polarity, I believe is one of the laws, which is that, that give and take ebb and flow, good and bad, um, which they all kind of sound like the same thing. And so that's those two pillars, like, where we have we have the 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 feminine and we have the masculine we have severity and mercy and so how does this tie into the glyph is that the glyph shows these two pillars on each side and the center pillar and how i describe that to people is that if they're familiar with the chakra system the chakra system is down the central core of the human being And if we bring these two pillars in, we bring severity and mercy in, and we bring feminine and masculine in, and we bring anger and grief in, and we pull them together, we we become aligned and we become centered. You know, we we understand the term of being centered, being in balance. Because if we're on one end of the spectrum or the other end of the spectrum, we're out of balance, we can fall over, you know, so... Some a great teacher, Dr. Teresa Bullard, said that when we're aligned, we cast no shadow. 
So when we're out of balance, we look to the left and we see our shadow or we're over here, we look over here and we see our shadow. But when we're, when we're true centered like a sundial at high noon, we cast no shadow. And that's where we want to be is we want to be centered and we want to be in balance between all these aspects. And the world is our teacher of, you know, like choice. We have a choice in every moment. It's either this or that. Really, like the choices are simple. It's this or that. Getting me closer to the thing I want or not. Uh, high road or low road. Emotional response or expressing my emotions, you know. So, and, and so I'm trying to figure these things out for myself because I'm constantly surprised at how I think I know what's going on. And then my partner tells me like, you didn't hear what I said. I said something totally different. You're, you're not listening. And I think I'm hearing it. I heard you say these words and I put together the story in my head, but it's not the truth of what this person's expressing to me. So the experience of being human is so bizarre to me because we don't, there's no way to express ourselves fully. No one will ever understand me fully. And therefore I can't really understand anyone else fully. And it's like, I'm trying to, we're trying to. So did I explain Kabbalah at all? <laughs> um, a really great way to describe Kabbalah for like the creative person or the entrepreneur or someone who wants like a quick, um, a way to like understand manifestation or, or getting their thing on the ground and rolling is that um, there's four worlds to this, this glyph, this, this glyph, two pillars, one pillar in the middle. And at the top is a triangle. And this is the idea. So like the, this thing that's kind of in our mind and we don't even have a name for it yet. This is the idea. It's like before we're even thinking about it, we're just, there's a feeling somewhere. And then we're like, Oh, okay. And we start to think about it. And so it's idea and then it becomes thought. And these also relate to the alchemical elements, fire being the idea, air being the thoughts. And then we say, okay, okay, well, how do I, how do I implement this into, into how do I get it done? All right, well, maybe I need to call this person. So we start to plan it and that brings it down into the water element, which is interesting because water is the emotion and, and that's planning. And I don't really understand all that, but we go from fire, we come to air, we bring it down through water, and we, maybe we start swimming with that energy, right? We're like, oh, maybe we can go over here and call this person. And then, oh, well, I went to go to this place, but it was closed. And then in the parking lot, I met this person. And so we're kind of like, if we flow like water, we get into this part of it. And then eventually we ground it into the earth. And then the thing becomes physical. And so Kabbalah, if we go further into the esoterics of Kabbalah, just before things become physical into the four elements they're in this state of almost physical and this illusion and this is the sphere of yesod that's a hebrew word for foundation so there's a tarot card that i always um kind of relate to it. it there's a magical there's all these different correspondences there's colors there's scents essential oils animals each sphere on the tree of life in this glyph is a place and they have hundreds, if not thousands of correspondences that are very specific to that, that place as light is traveling down, as your idea or your project is traveling down this creative process. It ends up in this one sphere before physicality. And this is where the subconscious mind is and everyone else's subconscious mind. So we're like, constantly bombarded with like the hundreds of thousands of thoughts that we have in a day. I don't remember. It's some enormous amount of thoughts that we have per minute per day, but then we are also filtering through other people's thoughts and subconscious projects and things that are almost manifest. My neighbors are nearby. Their thoughts are in my psyche because our energy is melding together. So there's this like illusion that everything passes through this like really confusing place before things become physical. So I think we don't understand each other a lot of times on that level just before things are spoken or said, but we feel it, but we're, you know, maybe there's confusion in our feelings and 
And also, I don't think I taught anyone anything during that. <laughs> well, I would invite you to choose a different thought. But <laughs> okay, all right. It's just swimming around in there. Yeah. No, because it's it's great. Like, that's why I asked it. I didn't attempt to do it because I'm I'm, uh, and you mentioned it once. So if you haven't heard of Kabbalah, you might have heard of the Tree of Life, which shows up in lots of different yeah. artwork and paintings and the brown. So that that is another symbol of Kabbalah of that glyph, kind of a more approachable version of the glyph perhaps is just the notion of the, the tree of life tree um, of life. and going through kabbalah we call it i'm in my you know going through my going through my i'm in my tree i'm going and so right now i'm going into i'm in my second tree and i still can so i've done the whole process once a minute about halfway on my second tree i do not attempt to explain it i just, yeah. and i've got i've had friends now that are in it with me and i'm like i just you know it's it's amazing it's cool it's beneficial um yesterday was the anniversary of me purchasing a tesla model x and that was manifested from my first kabbalah experience so that's usually Mm. what i tell people like if you want a tesla check out kabbalah (laughs) 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 and and that's not the only thing about it but it's um there was an interesting experience i just started another tree um here in austin and There was this point where we, during the weekend, this is the first weekend and we're about to ascend from what, you know, we're here we are, we're going into the energy of this tree. We're not just studying it. We're not just reading books about it. We do that also, but we're actually in the mystery school, everything's about energy and it's about experience. Um, Not like being so experienced, but like having an experience. Um, So we, the the teachers who put on these workshops they create a space with energy and in that space they bring in the energy of the lineage that we're working with the lineage lineage of king solomon that's the lineage that the modern mystery school is working with and so they bring that that lineage in which is every initiate from the lineage that's come before us that their their wisdom their knowledge and their experiences and their failures and all of it come into the teaching space, right? And, and we're going to ascend into the energy of the tree through a, a really sacred process. And, it's, and, um, and, and so part of that is an explanation of the first weekend, you know, what's the weekend? It's the workshop. The, the, the Kabbalah program that you're in and that I'm in, um, in different cities, it's taught the exact same way by different international teachers, is about 10 months to minimum nine months. It's like, it's a long process. Ours is going to be about a year and it's based on the teacher's schedule. Um, so it's a many, many months process. There's 10 spheres on the tree and we essentially, we, we go into these, the energy of each sphere and we sit there for a while, about a month, you know, sometimes longer. And we experience the different correspondences of the, the sphere and we see it in our life. So we, so at the beginning is the, the four elements, which the Hebrew word for kingdom is Malkuth. And in that place, we take inventory of what is and what's in our life. And, but we're also given an opportunity to ask the tree because the tree is, like I said before, the roadmap to creation. So we didn't come here to, and here being earth, we didn't come to earth to just get a job, pay bills and die and suffer or be on prescription pills forever. And if prescription pills help you, thank God. But we didn't come here to suffer forever and then just leave. Like that is not the point of life. The point of life is to, to, it's a beautiful gift to be physical and spiritual dual in nature. We are of the earth, but we are greater than the earth. We can work with archangels, elemental beings, the the glass is not half empty or half full. It is full. It's full of light. It's always full. And we don't understand like what is around us is like potentiality. There's potential all around us. And Kabbalah teaches us how to use those energies, how to bring things into our life. We can use it for, for, um, someone can say, Oh, Andy, you're, you're so full of yourself because you got a Tesla and you can, and I don't know what your reason is. What is your reason? Why did you get a Tesla? I won't assume because you're right here. 
<laughs> oh, I, I, it was it was just a dream car. I thought it was the coolest thing. It was on my vision board, and I was shocked that I got it. Like, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like pure fun. And I feel like I'm 16 years old every time I get behind the wheel still. That's amazing. Uh, on the, the downside is that you don't know how to drive anymore, right? <laughs> well, you know, it took a while. Yeah, no, that was, that was real. Uh, stay away from new Tesla owners. They're, they're dangerous. <laughs> uh, yeah, if they're in rentals, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I also want a Tesla. And the reason I want a Tesla is because I, I believe in the product. I believe in like getting off of fuel. And it's, it's an amazing machine. It's from energy. And uh, I just, you know, I, wa- I want one. And so we can, we can look at, we can look at something. I usually use the weather as an example because some people love the rain and some people hate the rain and it's just weather. It's just, it's just happening. And we, we impose our opinion on it or our judgment on it. Um, but so anyway, the Tesla, the, I want a Tesla. I'm going to bring this into my life. Some, someone can say like, well, I want 20 Rolls Royces and okay, well, why do you need, I don't know why you need 20 Rolls Royces. So I'm going to just stay out of judgment and say, cool, go for it. I want you to have 20 Rolls Royces. So there was in my workshop, which was a few weeks ago, there was a a lot of resistance to this. Like, you know, we're such a materialist society and that sounds greedy. Like, so, okay. Um, Well, you, you could, think of something else that you want in your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, I want a brand new, really expensive car. Um, but it could, it could be that because maybe you've had a bunch of cars that break down on you and like don't work and you just want a car that's reliable and it lasts for a long time. But that's not really the point of Kabbalah. The point of Kabbalah is to teach you how to bring things into your, into your life, to, to bring into your life anything that you want. And the best way to do that is to, to, is to use a physical item to say like, for me, it's usually a home, like a new home space. Like I want, I want a home with an extra room to have an altar in and just like a meditation room and prayer room. Or recently an image came up for me, which is having bay windows with two comfortable chairs, a little bookcase, a little lamp and a little kettle for tea. So I can just get cozy there all winter. And my beloved can sit in her comfy chair and that's actually something I can put on my petition. I can ask the tree for this and I can go through the steps of idea, thought, plan, and action and bring this into physicality. So I'm not a greedy person. So for me, like using magic is not about greed. It's about making my life better so that then I can help other people make their lives better because it's like how I choose to live in the world. So Kabbalah is a system that teaches you the art of creation and the creative process. It also shows you the psyche of the subconscious mind and how, uh, where the left brain sort of idea is and the right brain sort of idea is and how they're, they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum, but they work together. And uh, the, now I'm mentioning the Tarot again, the, the two of pentacles in the, at least in the writer weight artwork, the writer weight tarot deck has this, this guy juggling two pentacles, but there's an infinity loop there. And so that when I pull that card, I don't think about, you know, the number two and the pentacles. I'm just like, okay, ebb and flow, just go with the flow. This beat. It's just like real simple. Like everything is energy and there's a give and take and there's an exchange and, um, if I'm putting out something, I'm going to return, I'm going to receive something. And if I'm not receiving, and I think I need to be receiving more, if I'm maybe not seeing that I'm abundant or I don't have money coming in, I say, okay, well, well what kind of things am I holding on to that I can let go of or, or put out there that can bring that flow back? And so that's another way to use Kabbalah. There's infinite ways to use it and once you go through the process it becomes this embedded filtering system to perceive the world around you and it helps me understand things hmm. yeah I, I, it's neat that I, I i had no idea we would go so deep into the mystical and kabbalah and so i do yeah. want to you you mentioned dr Teresa bullard who i believe we 
I, I know if I've taught under her, so I, I, I assume you've had yes. personal classes with her. Great. Um, Once. She has a tremendous yes. series on Gaia TV, a, a, a subscription television service full of, it, it might be called, Mystery School Teachings. But Yep. Yeah. It's, so, yeah, I think it's miss, the Mystery Teachings and Mystery School Teachings. Yeah. So but yeah, that was that was uh, the quote came up. Like I wanted to say that, but I thought, oh well, it's perfect that this quote is someone that uh, you know I'm going to name dropper because there's some really good information out there. Those shows are awesome. Yeah, and, and I'm, she talks I've, about. Yeah, I've been shocked how how much she shares. I thought, wow, that I thought that was like secret initiate secret. high level stuff only. Wow, they like yeah, people can hear that neat. But yeah, there's a lot about Kabbalah, how it works, a lot about everything and how it works. But uh, I'll. Uh, so I'll add links to that for more information. If people want to check that out, I'll put that in the show notes at realmenfield.org. Um, but yeah, it is phenomenal stuff. Yeah. 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 Awesome. She's uh she came from, she came, her background is, was, uh, she's a doctor of, uh, physics or something? Qu- quantum physics. Quantum physics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, she's, so there you go. And essentially, there's a, a class, a course coming out in, I believe, November at the Modern Mystery School in Canada this year that's called Quantum Kabbalah. Yeah. If people are looking to, to learn more about meditation, the Mystery School needs some carpentry work and they're in the Austin area, how can people get in touch with you? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, I have an email address. It's uh, I can share it with you. You can in the links it's okay. long.janthony at gmail.com yep i i do high-end woodworking and and i, I do a lot of trim car- carpentry and i really like making furniture and i also uh do home repairs and things like that and i teach meditation i'm teaching right now at the soul healing and wellness center in north austin and i offer healing sessions there and at the modern mystery school of texas and you can go to the Modern Mystery School Texas website. And uh, I'm not listed on that website, but you, you can go there and find out about classes, Mystery School classes okay. and um, book sessions or healing sessions there and go in and have tea with someone. There's a lot of cool things happening in Austin, a lot of really cool communities. Uh, and the Modern Mystery School is one of those. And it's the one that I that's helped me so much. And so it's, it's where my passion is. And yeah, thanks for letting me share that. Beautiful. Yeah. And, um, hmm. this show introduced me to lots of just cool people and people I never think I, you know, engage with or meet and the same with modern mystery school, just a, a fabulous community of, of like-minded people. And almost the further you go, the more like-minded you discover you are. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it is. Yeah. It's. It isn't. Well, it, it can be whatever you make. It can just be a weekend class, or it can sure. be the start of of a of a long pattern. I've been in, I've been in think ball for like four years now. Which, if you'd asked me four years ago, will I be doing this in four years? I said, no, no way. Why? And, you know. Yeah. So it's all. But for me, each each step I take gives me the uh, you know the pre thought energy. But <laughs> I didn't realize it was there, and that I oh I do want the next step. Oh I do want to keep going, and I do want to see what else there is to learn and experience. So, yeah. right. right, awesome, awesome. Um, so I want to thank you for for saying yes, Anthony, for coming up, for sharing of yourself, for for being willing to be open about your own confusion and and questions <laughs> and yeah yeah because that that that's that's the authenticity of of a regular, normal, everyday, not even just man, but human, human being. Right. Yeah. 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 I like the regular guy talk. I, I feel like a regular guy and it, it's, it's really cool because, you know, I'd like to be that author or that speaker or, you know, one stop on my, my tour, but I'm not there. And, and we all have uh, a place in the conversation at every step of the way, I believe. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. Uh, yeah. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being part of the conversation. And wherever you are listening to this, um, again, ch- check out realmenfield.org for, for lots of links that were mentioned. I'll try to keep filling in the dots for kind of everything we touched on if you want to d- dig up more about it. And I, from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you, the listener, f- for listening and being part of our conversations. So wherever you are, wherever you're discovering Real Men Feel, 
please give a share, give a like, a subscription, a review, what, whatever, whatever you can do to engage and interact. Um, I greatly appreciate it. I know other listeners, other guests, all appreciate it too. So, uh, so keep your own discovery, keep your own process of knowing thyself going, and uh, be good to yourself. Thank you for listening to Real Men Feel. Reach out to us at realmenfeel at gmail.com. Learn more about Andy Grant at theandygrant.com. Until next time, visit realmenfeel.org or the Real Men Feel Facebook group and share what you thought of this episode. Please give this podcast a review on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you are discovering Real Men Feel.